to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osborne, a biblical church centered on Christ. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church, our evening worship service. We're glad you're able to join us here this evening here in the sanctuary right here in the heart of Lexington, Kentucky. I am preaching through a sermon series on the life of Joseph. We are looking at Joseph, who is the 11th son of Jacob, and who's now the prime minister of Egypt. And we're seeing the end of his father's life, Jacob. And now we're coming to the point of where Jacob is going to bless Joseph's sons. So these would be his grandsons. Jacob, the patriarch, 140 plus years old. He's lived a full, long life. And now he's come to the end, and he's about to, he's, he's meeting his grandsons. Their names are Ephraim and Manasseh, and he's going to bless them. We think of these boys as little boys, but most likely these boys were probably in their 20s or 30s. These were probably young men, and they were going to receive a blessing. So tonight's message is the blessing you give your children or the blessing you give your grandchildren because this is actually a blessing for the grandchildren of Jacob, not his children. And I think the question for us this evening and what we want to study in God's Word is what does it mean to bless your children? What is a blessing? Where does a blessing come from? A blessing in the Bible, the very first blessing comes from God. That very first blessing came on the fifth day. In fact, I'll read it for you. On the fifth day, God created everything in the ocean. He created all the birds. And it says in Genesis 1.22, He blessed them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the birds... And the, and the sea creatures were blessed by God. So then we have to answer the question, what is a blessing? Well, you use this word, God bless you. I, I, God bless America. I, I, I bless you. You, know, you, you extend your blessings upon someone else. A blessing is God giving his favor upon you. Or in our case, if you give, a, I guess, a human blessing, it's us blessing one another. It's an expression of being in favor with God. And I think what, what we want to see here is we as Christians, we as disciples of Jesus, we receive a blessing from the Lord because we are obedient to God. If you want to receive a blessing from God, it's because of your obedience to God. The very first, not the very first, but the most common and popular blessing in the Bible actually came at the call of Abraham. Abram was called by the Lord in Genesis chapter 12. And I want to read the first three verses here. 
Because I think understanding the call and the blessing of the, the people of Abraham's descendants and how they will be a blessing to everyone else because who ultimately came from Abraham's descendants? That was Jesus. And Jesus, through him, was through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, he extended that blessing to us here today. We have received favor upon God because of the blessing that ultimately came through Abraham. And I want to read this for, for you. This is Genesis 12, 1. It says, The Lord God said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Meaning God is saying, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I will make your name great. Whose name is he talking about? Abraham's name great. He is the father of Israel, the nation of Israel, which Israel ultimately, that seed of Israel came through Judah, came down through David, and came to Jesus. God knew my son that I'm going to send into the world is coming through your lineage. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We receive salvation from the Jews. That one Jew is Jesus. He has the seed of Abraham. And through faith in Christ, that seed, the seed of salvation, has passed through us today. This is why we should not curse the Israelites. God blessed this nation. Now, if you look at a map of Israel today, God gave them the promised land. And the land he promised them was a lot more than they have now. But the nation of Israel is much more than just the land because they haven't always lived in their land. They were in Egypt. They were wandering in the wilderness. They were a diaspora, meaning they were scattered all over the world. But the, the nation of Israel actually comes from Jacob, his 12 sons, the Israelites. That's what Israel, remember? He was renamed, his name was Jacob, and God renamed him Israel. So if you're from one of the twelve sons, you're an Israelite. The fourth son was Judah, and that's where the Jews come from, and Jesus came from Judah. I think the importance for us is that we need to see the power of a blessing. A blessing is favor. And for your children, your grandchildren, people who you want to let them know that you're praying for them, you care about them, you want to see them succeed and the Lord's favor be upon them, you want to bless them. Your life should be one of just constantly going around giving blessings. Do not be stingy with your blessing. The Lord has blessed you. You have received salvation from Jesus. Jesus Christ has saved you. 
One of the best ways you and I bless other people is by telling them and communicating them the gospel. When you see a lost man who's not saved, who needs to trust in Christ as his Savior, what do you need to do to him? You need to present the gospel with him. The greatest blessing you ever give someone else is the gift of Jesus. He is the blessing today. And I share this because we're going to see here where we're at going through the life of Joseph on how his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, were blessed. Now, Jake, uh, Joseph here, who we're talking about, Joseph did not marry. Remember, he was in Egypt, and he did not marry an Israelite woman. He married an Egyptian. But they had children, and their children were Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim and Manasseh are meeting their elderly grandfather, and we're approaching, we know Jacob died when he was 147 years old. So we don't know exactly how old he was, but he's approaching death. He might have been 147 at this point, maybe 146. He's getting on up there. And he's going to meet his grandchildren. And he's in Egypt. He's in a foreign land. And he's going to bless his grandchildren. Now remember, Jacob stole the blessing of his brother, his birthright. In Bible times, the oldest son received twice as much of inheritance or a blessing than the older and then all the other sons. So Jacob was a twin. His brother was Esau. He received a double portion. He fooled with his mother's help, with Rebekah's help. He fooled his mother, his father, and his mother helped him do this. Very deceiving. And he received a double blessing. And the principle here is we're about to see the younger son, which is Jacob compared to Esau, it's going to occur here as well. Ephraim, who is the younger son, Manasseh is the older son, but Ephraim is going to receive the greater blessing. So I'm going to read some of this scripture here. And we're going to see how we're going to see the story of what Jacob wants for us. And God wants for us through this blessing that Jacob is very similar, I think, for us. We need to remember, we need to bless our children and grandchildren in the same way. And that's, our, that's what our, our principle is. Being a father, being a mother, being a grandparent that extends blessings to your family. Some time after this, I'm in verse 1. Joseph was told, your father is weaker. So he set out with his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel summoned his strength and sat up in his bed. So he's getting up because he's ready to see his grandchildren. He's ready. There is his elderly man in Egypt, in land of Goshen. And now we're about to, we know what time it is. It's time to give out our blessing. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty has appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said, I will come and make you fruitful and numerous. I will make you many nations come from you, and I will give you the land as a permanent possession of your future descendants. Your two sons born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. This is important. What Jacob is saying, remember Joseph was his favorite son. And Jacob is saying, son, I know you had some children born in a foreign land from a foreign wife. But now these kids of yours, these boys, they're mine. They've been grafted in 
the family of Israel. God has a great plan and purpose for them too. And we've come to the very end where I'm going to bestow my blessing. Let me illustrate this for us today. You know, there's such a difference in Americans, our, our thought. We live our life, we own a home, you want to save for retirement, you want to acquire things and wealth and property and whatever you get and earn in life, and you want to write your will, and you want to give it to your children and your grandchildren. And you go to your attorney and you write your will, I want to give them this and that and such and such. And in many ways, mom and dad pass away and I get all their stuff. And that was a blessing. From their hard work, I acquired all of their stuff. I remember I was with Brother Hurd on Wednesday night. We were cracking a joke at Wednesday at Bible study that nowadays you save up and work hard your whole life and all your money goes to Baptist Health, the doctor's there. You worked all this, all this life and you just lost it all and the hospital got your money. Well, uh, back in Bible times, they didn't really have retirement funds. They didn't have personal property rights that you just passed down land. If you want a land, you got a sword and a knife and you went and killed the people who lived there and you said, this is my land and I'm here to defend it. If you don't like it, we're going to go to battle. It's just a different mentality. So what you wanted is you wanted a blessing from the patriarch and the father. You wanted, you wanted grandpa to put his right hand on you and say, you're going to be the leader of our family. You're going to be the one that's going to take this mantle and lead us. You're going to be, Joseph was my favorite son, and now Ephraim, you're going to come up after him, and you're going to step up and, and be that person. That's what it meant to bless. We look at things in a very financial material, but back in Bible times, they didn't have that. It was your word mattered. If grandpa said I was the chieftain, therefore I'm in charge because Paul told me so. That's how they thought. That was the way the, uh, they, their families worked. It was just radically different. There was such an honor for the patriarch that if Father Jacob, who God appeared before, who God renamed Israel, who had 12 sons, who by any means wasn't perfect at all. But if, but if Jacob blesses the boys, they do receive a blessing. And that's what we're seeing right here. And that understanding, uh, that's the picture. So I want to I illustrate, before I read on, I want to illustrate what it means today. Say you have a child or a grandchild and you want to bless them. What does that look like? Here's four ways I want to share with you how you can bless your children or your grandchildren. This is a 2021 blessing. I know we're reading about Bible times blessing, which is different. But we live in four, 5,000 years later now, and things are a little bit different. But here's how you would be a blessing to your children. You need to give meaningful touch to your children. We now have, y'all know, I'm a, I'm a reader of Dear Abby, and one of the articles I was reading about just, what, last week was how this woman was talking about how she invites her, I think it's her, either kids or grandkids, she invites, she cooks these nice dinners, put, spends all this time, this money in cooking this food. She says her children come over, and she, I think it was her children, and they're like in their early 20s, mid-20s. They run in, 
They sit there, they eat the food in four minutes. They don't even look up. They're playing on their phones the whole time. And then they're out the door. They just run out the door. And they're like, I spent all day cooking this food. I don't even speak to my own children. Y'all didn't even look up from the... It's just a totally different... So how can you, in this 2021 culture, how can you actually just provide meaningful and appropriate touch to your children? And I think one of the ways to do that is you know, put your hand on their shoulder when you're talking to them. Put your hand on their head. Like just let them know, hey, I, I'm here. You know, touch them when they walk by. Look them in the eyes. Get down on their level. When you're talking to a child, always, you know, not always, you always can't do this. But you know, when you get down on your knees and you talk to a child like this, eye contact you, they immediately connect. Y'all know, I, I, um, I teach, uh, Sherry and I teach the toddler Sunday school class here at our church. And I love that. We have a great little class. They're all two, some maybe are three years old. And um, the whole class, you're walking around like this, and your head's just looking to the ground. And really, if you're going to get down their level, you have to get on your knees or sit in one of their very low chairs and talk to them. And during a Bible lesson, Sherry teaches lesson, she does that. She puts the little chair there or actually sits on the ground, and she sits on the ground. They want to come sit in her lap. Children want that close contact. Your children, your teenagers, your adult children, they want my contact. They want meaningful touch. Secondly, a spoken message. Words of affirmation. That's one of the five love languages. But this is even deeper than this. This is when you are praying over your children. You're quoting scripture to your grandchildren. You're letting them know positive things. Listen, they're hearing all sorts of garbage on the internet. All they hear is negative, negative, negative from the news. When they come see grandpa or grandma, you need to be that person that is a blessing to, to them. There are so many folks in this church, in our church, that text me daily with just words of encouragement. I'm not able to reply to all of them, but I read every single one of those. That means a lot. One of the best ways you can use your phone is just texting people encouraging messages. Hey, brother, praying for you. Thinking of you. Hope your family's doing okay. I want you to know I lifted you up in my prayers this morning or this evening. When's the last time you texted your children or grandchildren and said, Hey, just let you know you're on my mind. I'm praying for you. I brought your request to the Lord. That is a spoken message. And do, do, when you're with them, pray for them by name. Thirdly, this is what I would call picture a story of their life. Children, especially younger children, love to hear about stories. Tell them a, a dream. What I mean by that is if you have, if you have children, even college-age kids, say, what are your plans when you graduate? Where do you want to work at? What, what type of person do you want to marry? What do you want to be when you grow up? You talk to even a 23-year-old, they'll tell you what they want to so-called be when they want to grow up. It's crazy. They 24-year-olds acting like they're 11. They're already a grown-up, but they're, 
They're telling their dream is what they're doing. And you can actually speak blessing in people's life by allowing them with those spoken words. You're, you want People love to tell you their dreams. Now, you don't want to be a dream discourager and bust their dreams, but they want to just talk about younger people love to talk about their future. They have no clue what their future holds, and who knows what, who knows what their future You want to make sure mostly Jesus is in their future. You know, everybody wants to grow up and be a doctor. Every little girl wants to be a veterinarian when they're little. And you want to encourage that. That is where you just, you foster that environment. Whatever they want to do, you bring them along. And not only that, you want to be actively helping them fulfill their blessing. Meaning, if you know of your children's dreams and their passions and what you think what God is leading them to do, how are you helping them achieve that? How that is done is by maybe uh, buying them uh, books for school, buying them some, uh, maybe help pay for uh, tuition for college, maybe help saving up for something they're going to need to achieve, helping make them with a down payment on a house or a car, their first car, their first house, and they just need support. I'll never forget my grandmother who passed three years, three, um, uh, three uh, years ago. She passed away. Well, I, had a, I have a younger sister. My younger sister, back when she was like nine or eight one, or ten, wanted to play the piano. So like everybody does as a child, mother goes out, and starts shopping for a piano and realizes pianos cost thousands of dollars, at least a new piano. If you ever want a piano, all you have to do is just go find any Baptist church and say, I'd like to take one of your pianos. If you offer to load it up, they'll, they'll give it to you. You could go to any church, they'll take it that day. They'll let you haul it off. So you have an upright piano in your house this afternoon if you want. But um, my mother decided she wanted to purchase a piano for my younger sister. And my grandmother heard about that. Well, she was a widow, um, so and God was gracious to her. So she thought, well, look, I'll, I think pianos back then cost a couple thousand dollars. She thought, well, I'll go and buy the piano. So grandma bought the piano for my sister, who then took piano lessons for four weeks. That piano is still at my parents' house, out of tune. That's a perfect example. And honestly, when I see that piano, I actually don't, of course, I, I don't play it. Nobody in the house plays it. But that piano was purchased by my grandmother for four weeks of piano lessons by my, for my sister. And that's because grandma was a blessing to our family. And that, uh, my mother's even trying to get rid of it because nobody takes pianos these days. But it's just one of these things where you're encouraging you're, you're, you're lifting up, you're trying to help someone else. You want to help them succeed. And you know, most children, most teenagers, when they start something, you know they're not going to finish it. It's the meaning, and you're, it's, it's giving them, allowing them to have the opportunity to do that. I mean, even here in our church, we have youth camp coming up. You can be a blessing to other teenagers by saying, I'm going to pay your 200 bucks for you to go to youth camp so you can go with Zach to Cedarmore. That can be a blessing in their life. So 
How can we go about blessing other people? Meaningful touch. You touch them. You have a spoken message with prayers, quoting scripture, positive words. You help them tell a story about their life, help them relive their dream. And not only that, you help them succeed with their dreams. That's what Jacob is doing. That's how you can be a blessing on on someone else's life. It goes on to say here, verse 5. Your two sons born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. Ephraim and Manasseh belong to me just as Reuben and Simeon do. Children born to you after them will be yours and will be recorded under the names of their brothers with regard to their inheritance. When I was returning from Padan, my sorrow, to my sorrow, Rachel died along the way, some distance from Ephrath in the land of Canaan. I buried her there along the way at Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Then Joseph said to his father, These are my sons God's given, given me here. So Israel said to him, Bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now his eyesight was poor because of old age. He could hardly see. Joseph brought them to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, but now God has even let me see your offspring. Then Joseph took them from his father's knees and bowed with his face to the ground. So they realized this is a sacred, special moment. We most likely would not have had the opportunity to see Grandpa, but now even my children get to see their grandfather. Then Joseph took them both with his right hand. So understand what's happening here. The way it happened in Bible times, the way you blessed someone is your, the oldest son received a blessing. You would take the, the grandfather would take the hand and put it on the oldest son's head. And the younger son, the left hand. So the right hand would be the more uh, favorable blessing hand. So what happened in Jacob's case is Jacob stole that blessing that was due to his brother Esau. He got it first. He took his, hand, his father took his hands and prayed over him and blessed him. He, he said, You're gonna, God's favor is going to be upon you. God has great plans for you, my son Jacob. So that's what, understand what's happened here. Manasseh is the older son. Ephraim is the younger son. So Manasseh should receive the right hand of the blessing. But look what happens. Jacob crosses his hands. Follow along in your Bibles if you have. We're in Genesis 48, verse 13. Joseph took them both with his right hand. So Joseph is walking up to his father. And in Joseph's right hand, he has Ephraim, which is going to be on his father's left side. So that would be the lesser. So So he's walking up to his son. In his right hand, Ephraim is in his right hand. In his left hand, Manasseh. So he's going, he's bringing up his boys like this. His sons, this is how it works. We're going to walk up on this side. Y'all are going to come up to to dad, to grandpa, and y'all gather around. And the boys might not understand what to do. But Jacob does understand what's happening here. And it says, he brought them to Israel. Verse 14, but Israel stretched out his right hand. So right here, he stretched it out and he put it on the younger 
crossing his hands, he put his left on Manasseh's head. So the boys are right here, and he crossed his hands. Well, jo Joseph's realizing what's happening. And then he says, verse 15, Then he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who my who's been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who's redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys, and may they be, they be called by my name, in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow to be numerous within the land. When Joseph saw that his father had placed his right hand on Ephraim's head, he thought it was a mistake. He thought, poor dad, he, he doesn't understand. So he went to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's. Joseph said to his father, Not that way, my father. This one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. So he's going over there. He's trying to move his dad's hand. He said, Dad, you, you've messed up. You're doing it wrong. You need to take your right hand and put it on Manasseh's head. You put it on Ephraim's head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will be a tribe, meaning Manasseh. And he too will be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother Ephraim will be greater than he. And his offspring will become a populous nation. So he blessed them that day, putting Ephraim before Manasseh when he said, The nation Israel will invoke blessings by you, saying, May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So that's why we call it Ephraim and Manasseh, although Ephraim is the younger one. They were born Manasseh and Ephraim. Jacob crossed his hands during the blessing. Israel said to Joseph, Look, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you back to the land of your fathers. Over and above what is I'm giving your brothers, I'm giving you the one mountain slope that I look from the Amorites with my sword and bow. Jacob is about to die. He's telling his sons, the son, I'm about to pass away, but the Lord is going to bring you back, your family. These, these, these families here, these boys, are going to have great families. God's going to be with them. They're going to have uh, many offspring. And one day, their offspring will go back to the promised land, the land of what we call Canaan back then. And what's powerful about this passage is that prophecy will not be fulfilled until 400 years later. God is certainly at work, and he's certainly moving and doing great things here with, with this blessing. And in, in, in Ephraim and Manasseh certainly are blessed by the Lord. And I think the principle for us is that if it was important for Joseph to bring his really adult children to see, receive a blessing from grandpa, we should do the same. One of the ways to do this is it's important that you make sure you bring your children to see your grandchildren. Like, it's wrong for parents not to bring and allow their children to see their grandparents. That's important for them to see. God instituted and created the family. Grandparents should make it a priority to spend time with and really get to know their grandchildren. 
Jacob is blessing his grandchildren. He is lifting them up to the Lord. And I want to say to you, when is the last time you have prayed for your grandchildren? When is the last time you have blessed them, even if they don't spend a lot of time with you, even if they are grown up? God expects and wants us to make it a priority to have our families as one. He instituted and created the family. This idea that every man is himself and we don't talk to mom and dad anymore. I'm just out doing my own things. I don't even speak to my grandmother. That's not God's plan for us. God's plan and purpose for yours and mine and your family's life is for your family to be a blessing, for the father to bless the children. You bless your children today by touching them, by praying and giving them spoken messages, quoting scripture. You bless them by allowing them to dream and encourage them. You bless them by helping them succeed and by encouraging them along the way, providing for them, providing them and giving them the resources they need. Everyone needs a boost and needs help. When people are in a younger season in life, they need things that maybe someone who's older doesn't. Older folks just need good health. They just want to stay healthy. Younger people need, they're, they're at a different phase in life. They have different expenses, different needs, and they need a grandparent, a mother, a father, blessing and praying for them. The greatest blessing you ever give someone is the blessing of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to, another great blessing, a way to actually do that. If you know of someone and they don't have a good Bible, buy them a Bible. Go out and get them a good, God, good copy of God's Word. Engrave their name on it. Go to lifeway.com. It's not an ad for that, but just say, I'm going to bless you with God's Word so that you will daily... See that Bible sitting on your dresser, sitting on your coffee table somewhere, and you'll be tempted to pick it up and read these words. The blessing of prayer and the blessing of God's Word is what we can give to our children and our grandchildren. I'm going to pray, pray a blessing over your life. Just similar, last week we, we prayed over the babies we dedicated at baby dedication. That was a blessing in their life. We're dedicating these girls to the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray for those listening to this podcast, listening to this Facebook Live broadcast, listening to the Sunday evening worship service. Lord, I pray for you to bless their lives. Lord, help their words be words of encouragement. Help the way they spend their money be money in, in ways of using wealth that advances the gospel. Help us use what you've given us for kingdom ministry. Lord, we're blessed to be a part of a wonderful church such as Broadway. And I pray this church goes out and shares the good news. And we have folks here who are an encouragement to others. 
Lord, I pray that we will take these words and you seal them on our hearts and our minds and that we are a blessing and encouragement to other folks, especially our children and grandchildren. If Lord, if it's important for Jacob to bless his grandchildren, it should be important for us to bless our grandchildren. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here that needs to receive the greatest blessing of all, and that's the blessing of you, Lord, getting saved, trusting as Christ as their Savior, I pray tonight they will do so. God, I know that you are a great Lord, and you save all sinners. We cry out and call out to you, and you save us from our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I'm so glad you're able to tune in and participate and watch this Sunday evening worship service as we continue going through the book of Genesis, studying the life of Joseph. God bless you. I hope to see you next Sunday evening. I know the Lord's favor will be upon you. See you next week.